What's up, everybody? I'm Sarah. I'm Shauna. I'm Sam. And I'm Bobby. And this is Speaking of Murders. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Speaking of Murders, and welcome to the new listeners. Before we get started on today's episode, a little bit of business. We have another show, Speaking of Missing Persons. Go check it out. It's a great show. You'll love it. If you want to see photos associated with today's episode, check out our socials. Those are linked in the show notes and episode description. We got Instagram, Facebook. Um, While you're in there, you'll also see a link for our Patreon if you want to support the show. You can go subscribe to that. You get bonus episodes every other weekend and a shout out on the show so uh i guess the only other thing is if you have a case that you want to hear on the show send that to our email speaking of murders at gmail.com today sean is going to be telling our case what who are we here is it a, a single person multiple people a killer a victim it's a single person okay uh if you're a true crime fan you've probably heard of her oh okay yeah she's a not a Nice lady. Okay, Lizzie Borden? Mm-mm. No. Catherine Knight. Does that name ring a bell for you? It actually doesn't. No. I'm okay, not, well, it might. Not familiar. Yeah, I, pro- I might know the case. I know exactly who that isn't. <laughs> I didn't think that you would. <laughs> Catherine was born October 24th, 1955 in Australia. Oh, now he gets Wait it. Wait a minute. <laughs> I told you my murder I, was in Australia. I think I know who this is, actually. <laughs> I am still lost. Her parents were Barbara Ruffin and Jack Ruffin. I guess that's how you'd say it. That's how it's spelled. The marriage and the family dynamic was dysfunctional. They lived in a small town of Aberdeen in New South Wales. Hunter's Hunter Valley, okay, Australia. All right, I know exactly where that's at. <laughs> oh I yeah, d- I go there all the time. Yeah, totally. I'm also gonna do my best on these pronunciations. I do not live in Australia. They had four sons together before Barbara started having an affair with Jack's friend Ken Knight. Ken and Barbara felt that they, she basically left Jack and then started having this like. They started the affair, she left, and now her and Ken are together. And so they felt like they needed to move because of where they lived. They were getting a lot of backlash because it was a small town. So everybody knew everybody, and they started talking, and then they got treated badly, and so they moved. Are we just going to skip over the fact that it's Ken and Barbie? I wasn't even thinking. (laughs) I didn't even realize. Didn't even me. (laughs) The only one, huh? Didn't even think about it. Me either, because... I have her name written as Barbara. Yeah, I know, Barbie. but it's still... Barbara. Barbara. Ken and Barb. Ken and Barb. Weird. Okay, no, I didn't think about it. Throw another Ken on the Barbie. <laughs> ha. <laughs> <laughs> that was ridiculous. Okay. <laughs> she went on to have four more kids with Ken. So four boys previous, four more kids. 
Two of her kids were a set of twins. One of those twins was Barbara. Barbara or no, Catherine. Catherine was Catherine. I was going to say <laughs> no. I'm not used Catherine. to female juniors. It, it happened a, a lot thing, back in the day. But do they? They don't ever put junior at the end of it, no, though. But you'll like, especially in like the 17, 1800s, It was very. Oh, yeah. common. It's always like the first, the second, the, first, the third situation. Well. I'm saying it was very common for the first girl to be named after the mom and the first boy to be named after the dad. It's just the... The rest of the kids got their own name? Yeah. Gotcha. But the the set of twins was... Well, Catherine was one of... Catherine. The, Catherine okay. was one of those. When Catherine was four in 1959, Jack, so her Barbara's previous husband had died, so her two oldest sons came to live with her and Kent. Okay. Cain was a violent drunk that raped Barbara up to ten times a day. What? what? Ten times a day? Yeah. He apparently beat her, too. Like, he was... Cain was not a good guy. And she left her husband for him. Not to take yep. away from the fact that she's being raped, but ten times a day? Yeah, that guy. Is that guy like in Guinness? I mean, you're not getting off every time. There's no way. No. No, it's probably just a control thing. An embarrass her, control her thing. Right. Okay. And she had four children with him? Yeah. Um, I guess possibly not voluntary. Who knows? Okay. Barbara would then turn around and tell her daughters, so the twins, they were both girls. About the intimate details of her sex life. Ew. Oh, boy. She would also tell them how much she hated men and sex. I mean, I can see that. Yeah, but they're not even... she's being mistreated like that. Yeah, can you blame her? Are you about to tell me they're like four? They're not... They're not like teenagers. They are children. She's doing this to them as children. Catherine said that she was raped by multiple different family members until she was 11, but not her father. So she said multiple different people in her family had also raped her, but her father wasn't one of them. Wait, Catherine or yes, Catherine. Catherine? So the so Ken is raping Barbie 10 times a day, and other people in the family are raping Catherine. So they that's what she's saying. But... They wouldn't go as far as to, like, try to disprove it because of all the other things that did happen in her past. So, psychiatrists and therapists, they're like, yeah, that probably did happen. Okay. Which makes me wonder if her mother did something to her. Mm, I don't understand. I mean, I'm thinking, you know, I was thinking uncles. uncle's brother, her brother, like, her half-brothers. Um, I don't know. Like, I'm just saying, if her mom is, like, I mean, there's a possibility, but she never went into detail on who it was in her family, just that it was multiple people. Okay. Gotcha. In 1969, the family moved back to uh, Aberdeen. Catherine would attend Muswellbrook High School. <laughs> her classmates f- from that time would describe her as a loner and a bully. At one point in time, she had injured a teacher and used a a weapon to assault a boy. Honestly, that kind of makes sense. I mean, from what I understand, I wasn't ever a 
bully necessarily, but a lot of people who do bully others have some pretty messed up stuff going on at home. It's almost like a coping mechanism. Yeah, they do to others what is done to them, sort of. When she wasn't mad, she was a great student and even received good behavior awards. At 15, she left school even though she couldn't read or write. Wait a minute. How did she go all the way through school and not learn to read or write? Because this is the 50s and... They were probably teaching her more home economics, Uh, things like that. I mean, she was going to school like through the 50s, 60s era. I don't know. How to do laundry and cook and sew, stuff like that. I thought that was more in like the 20s and 30s. Who knows? I don't know. Not the 60s. I didn't go to school then, so. Well. I also can't speak to the quality of the Australian education system. I, I've I'm literally like, never Who been really there. knows? Maybe she just wasn't picking it up and they felt bad or didn't want to deal with her badass behavior. So they're like, pass. And then no one just ever fucked with helping her learn. Yeah, I mean, maybe. that's definitely a thing. Well, yeah. Where teachers will just pass students so they don't have to deal with them anymore. Even though they don't know jack shit. A year after she had dropped out of high school, she started working her dream job at a butcher shop. Where she quickly became a boner and given a set of her own (laughs) butcher knives. I knew it was coming, so. It's a legit job title, guys. It is. I apologize (laughs) if I'm being insensitive, but. Catherine's a boner. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's a legit job title. I get that. I get that. It was just the... Uh, <laughs> I wasn't ready. <laughs> I wasn't ready for that. Okay. She and was, that's her dream job? Yeah. That's what I was stuck on. <laughs> like... Her dream job is being a boner? It's to be her, a butcher. Her, to she a wants butcher to be shop. a butcher. She wants to be a butcher. I mean, there ha- there, people do it. It has to be hey, somebody's passion. Yeah, I'm not trying to batch, bash it. So, you know, kudos to the butchers out there. I could not do it. I could do it. I couldn't do it. No, I've walked into a meat cooler. That smell is nauseating. I've worked at a slaughterhouse, so I'm good. After smelling that deep freeze, I'm great. We're not doing that shit. Well, at least now you'll always know what death smells like, so if you smell it, it's permanently embedded in your brain. Yeah, horrible. Their deep freeze got turned off by accident. Yeah, so... And there was chicken in there. Mm. And it got opened just once, and that one time was enough to fill the house for eight hours total of just I death. I mean, I work... Smell. Okay, I work at a place with a dead body freezer like no that's i get what that that's what i'm in there that's what i'm saying you are used to that smell i am not especially not that enclosed in a place i don't understand murderers that keep the bodies i don't maybe they like the smell it's like people who like the smell of farts you know but you know what was said to like me like bobby i don't like <laughs> farts but i'm n- i'm just not offended by my own brand that's all that is anywho So, she got her own set of butcher knives, right? She hung those knives over her bed so that they would, quote, always be handy if she needed them. Okay. Totally logical. Samantha's like, can relate. Seems legit. 
I mean, it's not a bad plan. Except when you're dead asleep and then your killer breaks in and uses them against you instead of you using them against him or them or that Uh, person. People keep butcher knives like under their mattress. Yeah, but out in the open right above your bed, easy to grab. People keep swords and katanas and daggers and things like that out in the open. I don't think they're thinking it through. they keep guns mounted above their bed. I mean, it's your dream job. Butcher knives, especially good ones, are not cheap. No, they're not. Probably would have mounted them on my wall, too. You guys are going to have to focus at this point. Because the names are going to be similar. Very the same. Very the same. Very the same. Yes. Okay. There's two Davids and two Johns and David and David are back to back and then John and John are back to fucking back. I don't know why, but focus. Okay, we're focused. In 1973, Catherine met a man named David Kellett. Okay. David was a drunk. If David got into a fight, Catherine would be right behind him with her face backing him up. So they like to fight together. I mean... The town would say that Catherine was well known for threatening to hurt people physically if they pissed her off. David and Catherine would get married in 1974. David said that as soon as they got there, Barbara gave him advice. Quote, The old gal, so Barbara, said to me to watch out. You better watch this one or she'll kill you. She'll fucking kill you. Stir her up the wrong way or do the wrong thing and you're fucked. Don't ever think of playing her up on her, so cheating on her. She'll fucking kill you. Damn. And that was her mother talking. She told me she's got something loose. She's got a screw loose somewhere. End quote. Barbie said this to him. On, before they ever walked into the church to get married. So she was giving him an out, like, hey, bud, I, mean, I know I could, my daughter. I could see <laughs> Samantha saying that about me outside of a church to a guy like, listen, buddy, she's got a fucking screw loose. <laughs> you better watch the fuck out. <laughs> I don't think you're as bad as Catherine. No. I was a joke. I know. Because <laughs> I can't get it out of my head that yesterday dad called us a bunch of fucking crazy hillbillies. Fair enough. (laughs) Catherine tried to strangle David the night of their wedding because he would only have sex with her three times. Yeah, they hadn't even been married 24 hours and she's trying to kill him because he... Yeah, but they were together or like dated or whatever for like a year before they got married. Did she think that as soon as they got married, it was just going to be like an endless, like a fountain, like a water fountain, just like an endless flow of... Semen? Right, like... I don't know. You can just go as many times as humanly possible. Can you even imagine that, Bobby, if you, like, married a girl and on your wedding night she was like, give it to me again and again and again, and you're like, I can't. And she's like, all right, bitch, you're going to die. You're going to die. I would figure it out. (laughs) I'd splint myself, possibly. Whatever you got to do, you know, stay alive. Pencil? Popsicle sticks. (laughs) Popsicle sticks. Splint it. You know, one on each side. Run some masking tape around it. Hope for the best. <laughs> you better hope you're a shower if you're doing that. 
Ow. <laughs> dude, just imagine your dude being like, hold on. <laughs> Let me popsicle stick it up. <laughs> I gotta eat got them first. Tape. Time out. Popsicle break. <laughs> hold on. I gotta eat them first. You got tape. Oh, Jesus. Add that to the book. Like, that's my thing, though. <laughs> like, imagine being that dude, and he's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> well, all I'm thinking is, he was getting his, but she wasn't getting hers, and she's pissed off about it. So it's like, you better be ready to go again, or I'm fucking strangling you. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm not I just done. don't think that I would go that far. <laughs> He was warned. <laughs> this is I mean, true. He was. She warned him. <laughs> no, her mom warned him. Okay. One time while Catherine was like pregnant, like big pregnant, towards the end pregnant, she had burned all of David's clothes and then hit him in the back of the head with a frying pan, all because he had gotten home late. Holy overreaction. He forgot to bring pickles. What he was doing was he was in a um, dart tournament, and he had advanced to the point of hitting the finals. So he just stayed out a little later to play in the final rounds or whatever, right. and then got home late. So that's how she reacted. Yeah, that's she's got some she's, anger issues. She's got some, some problems. Yeah. David was so scared that he had ran to the neighbors where he was then taken to the hospital and treated for several skull fractures. Holy I know. I'm shocked he wasn't like shit. concussed, like blacked out. Well, I Maybe mean, if you've, got, if you've got skull fractures, you probably are. I think, isn't that what a concussion is? It's just a, a concussion no, I is think when your brain cut, smacks Yeah, when it smacks the side of your skull Oof. in any way. I could not imagine getting like, hit in the head with a fucking frying pan. No. no. Because, like, she had a concussion, but she didn't have any fractures. I no. mean, I'm sure if you got a fracture, that would have, you would probably also have a concussion, but you can have a concussion without the fractures. Yeah, it makes sense. Okay. In May 1976, not long after their child was born, David left Catherine because of the abuse. The day after Catherine was seen violently pushing the stroller with the baby in it down, like, the main strip. This would lead to her being admitted to St. Elmo's Hospital. There, she was diagnosed with postpartum, and then was, she spent, like, a month or so in the hospital to recover. I think it's more than postpartum. Yeah. Well, that's how they treated it, was postpartum. Yeah, because she was... She had been violent with him before she had the baby. Yeah. Yeah, but they didn't know that, because... Technically, David was going to charge her with that, but she convinced him not to. So she didn't get, like, a a police record for that. Once she was let out of the hospital, she had taken her two-month-old daughter and put her on a set of train tracks right before a train was due. So the train was coming within, like, an hour or 30 minutes. Then she found an axe and went into town and threatened to kill a bunch of people. What the hell? A man that everyone called Old Ted, he was a, um, he was like a homeless man that was just well known around the town, rescued the baby just minutes before the train came. Holy shit. Catherine was then taken back to the hospital, but was out the next day because she had recovered. I'm using quotes there. So they just let her sign herself out. Days later, Catherine would cut a woman's face. So the woman pulled out a knife to defend herself against Catherine. Catherine stole the knife and then cut this woman's face with it. 
and told her, like, demanded that she take her to Queensland because that's where David had fled to. So now she's hijacking cars and cutting people up. Things are escalating. Yeah. I wish he would have taken the baby. Uh, he tried. Yeah, he tried to take the baby. He did. Um, once they had stopped at a service station, the woman escaped. But by the time authorities had gotten there, Catherine had already taken a boy hostage, like a younger boy. After getting her into custody, they took her to Morissette Psychiatric Hospital. While in the hospital, Catherine said she had every intention on killing the guy that repaired David's car, which allowed him to leave her. Then she was going to find David, kill him and his mother. So she was going to go kill David and her mother-in-law, plus a fucking mechanic that had fixed David's car. Because fuck him for helping David escape. Right. Like how psychotic can yeah? Like how psychotic can you fucking be that you're going to blame the mechanic? No, you're a loony bitch. Yeah. You're crazy. David then decided to move back to uh, Aberdeen with his mother to support Catherine. I think it all had to do with his daughter. August 9th, 1976, Catherine got out of the hospital and was placed in the care of her mother-in-law and David. So now they are her, like, caregivers at this fucking oh, point. Oh, God. The three of them then moved to Ipswich, she then got a job at Dinmore Meat Works, so she became a butcher again. That's all she needs. Yeah, access to knives. March 6, 1980, David and Catherine had another daughter together. In 1984, Catherine left David to move in with her parents before she would ultimately rent a house in Muswellbrook. She went back to work at the first butcher shop. But due to a back injury, she started claiming disability. So now she's no longer working. Okay. And she's living with her parents. Well, no, she was. No, and she's then she got moved, her own house. And now she's going to move back to Aberdeen. So oh she, she kind of moves a lot. Okay. Uh, 1986, Catherine met a man named David Saunders. This relationship would be much. So after she left the first David, now we're back. Now we're on to David number two. It would be much like the first. She had slit the throat of his puppy before knocking him out with a frying pan to give him a taste of what would happen to him if he cheated on her. So, like, okay, just, wait, what? Just randomly. So she was just showing him as an example. Like, if you cheat on me, yep, this is what will happen to you. Not because he did cheat, like an if situation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So she murdered a puppy. And then hit him in the back of the head with a frying pan. Like, if you cheat on me, it's going to be a lot worse than this. Yeah. What a monster. Why is she not in prison? Because no one was reporting these things. And he stayed? Yeah. Probably out of fear. I mean, we're... Okay, if this was flip-flopped and a guy doing it to a girl, the girl... I know, she would stay. She would stay. It's... Yeah, it's... Yeah, but like, okay... Okay, yeah. All right. I would hope not. Well, it's not like a. It's a. They feel like they can't get out. Yeah, they feel trapped. Like they can't leave. They're in fear of their life, or this person is also threatening everyone they know. And obviously, she doesn't give a shit to slit his puppy's throat. So to him, he's probably sitting there like, would she slit my 
family's throat would she slit my throat it that's you get in this cycle of like abuse and forgiveness and like mm-hmm. am i a fucking psychopath because all i can think is like fuck you you want to be crazy i'll fucking match your crazy bitch yeah well that's the thing if if the roles were reversed a woman wouldn't think like that because ultimately we are weaker than men physically Yes. Yeah. But in his case, I don't think that he thought that he could get far enough the fuck away from her, to be fair. See, that's what I was going to say is, are these, like, smaller, timid men? I don't know what any of them look like, to be fair. But I would say so, because someone like her would probably find someone that is... Easily abused. Easily abused. That's what abusers do. They look for vulnerable people who are easily manipulated and abused. Yeah. Pushovers. People they can intimidate. Yeah. 1988, she gave birth to their daughter. So David put a deposit on a house, which Catherine would decorate with animal skins, skulls, horns, rusty animal traps, leather jackets, old boots, machetes rakes pitchforks this house was described as there was no left no room left on any wall or ceiling in the house meaning she had covered every square inch all of it with these things okay sharp objects yeah and dead animals after a fight where Catherine hit david in the face with an iron and then stabbed him in the stomach with scissors he left He went into hiding for a while, and when he showed back up to see his daughter, he had realized that Catherine had filed a restraining order, so he was fucked. He couldn't see his daughter. She filed the restraining order. She filed the restraining order, claiming that he was violent and abusive. Okay. So, poor David can't even see his daughter. 1991, Catherine got pregnant by a man named John Chillingworth. Chillingworth. They stayed together for about three years before she had an affair. And that's really all it said about this relationship. So, okay. So, after the second David, she met John. John. They had a kid together and then stayed together for three years and then separated. Separated. Okay. I mean, she's not very big. No, I think she's just scary. Like, this is what she looks like. Okay. Hmm. And this is what one of her, I'm assuming her last husband or What's boyfriend or whatever it looks like. He's not a little dude. Okay. No. No, he's not smaller than her, no. Weird. Okay. And yes, that does uh, look like John Price because he worked as a minor. John Price was a father of three and was the man that she had an affair with. John knew that Catherine was violent, but still let her move in with him in 1995. Here's a better picture of him. It was said that his children loved her. Really? Yeah. In 1998, John had refused to marry Catherine. So she basically went through their house and took videotapes showing all the items he had stolen from his work and then sent it to his job. Because he wouldn't marry her. Yes. If memory serves, none of it was high dollar shit. It was all shit that they were throwing out anyway. It, yeah, I 
I literally wrote not really because he didn't really steal any of it. It was all like old medical packs and stuff like that. Yeah, shit that they had thrown in the trash. It was all expired. Yeah, that he was like, well, if you're th- if you're tossing it anyway, I'll take one of them home. Yeah, yeah, like it wasn't actually stolen shit. But technically... He wasn't supposed to take he it. He wasn't supposed to take it. Right. But at that point, he's just digging through the garbage. That caused him to lose his job of 17 years. And like I said, he was a, I'm pretty sure he was a minor. He then kicked her out. I don't there. blame him at all. Yep. A few months later, they got back together. Oh, my God. Okay. February 2000 is when everything would come to, like, this is when everything would blow up between Catherine and John. He had kicked her out again. So February 28th, he had kicked her out. Of 2000? Of 2000. Not surprising. February 29th, John would stop uh, before work to get a protection order for himself and his children against Catherine. Don't blame him. So he's in the process of now taking out a restraining order. While at work, he told his coworkers that if he didn't come in the following day, it was because Catherine killed him. They begged him not to go home, but he feared if he didn't, she would kill his kids. Probably. When he got home, he learned that Catherine had sent the kids to one of their friends' houses to stay the night. But she wasn't, like, there herself. So when he came in, there was no one home. Okay. okay. And did he double-check the kids were actually with the friends? They were. Okay. Then he went to hang out with the neighbors before he got home at about 11 p.m. to go to sleep. She then later got into the house to find him sleeping, so she watched a little TV, showered before waking him up so they could have sex. He then fell back asleep. By 6 a.m., a neighbor and John's boss became worried because the neighbor saw his car in the driveway, which was weird, and he didn't show up for work. Also weird. Also weird. The boss then sent one of his co-workers to go check on him. And at this point, the together the neighbor and the co-worker started like knocking on his bedroom window, but no one answered. They immediately called the police. Good. Once the police got in the house, they found John's dead body and Catherine unconscious from taking a bunch of pills. According to the bloodstains, while Catherine was attacking John, he had woken up tried to turn on the lights before being chased through the house. He had gotten outside the front door at one point, but somehow ended back up inside the hallway. Like, he came back in. They don't know if he, like, stumbled or if she, like, grabbed him and drug him back in, but that's where he would bleed to death. Catherine then went and took $1,000 from John's bank account. A few hours later, she had skinned him and then hung that skin by meat hooks in the door frame. She's a butcher, remember. I understand that. Sam's eyes are about the size of dinner plates right now. (laughs) Yeah. I understand she's a butcher. I don't know how she had time for all this. But okay. She then cut off his head before she cut off some of his body parts to cook. She then had served his meat on two plate settings with baked potatoes, pumpkin, beetroot, zucchini, cabbage, yellow squash, and gravy. Beside the plates were name cards with John's children's name on it. So she was wanting them to come home to that scene. She was wanting them to to eat eat their dad. That was her goal, is that they would eat their own father. 
Well, if they would have walked through the door, they would have seen their dead father and his skin hanging in the door. Yeah. Who knows? She cooked the plates for them to um, But eat. I feel like it was not ne- not necessarily to eat. It was all for show as a big fuck you more than anything. There was a third plate thrown on the back lawn. They think that she had tried to eat it but couldn't. So, yes, probably because they would have probably found John first before eating whatever fucking food was on the table. John's head was found on the stove in a pot with vegetables still warm, which told them she had started cooking him in the morning hours. So probably between three and six in the morning. So his head is now in this pot. On one of John's pictures, they found a note Catherine had written. And like I said, she was illiterate. So bear the fuck with me. That said, time got you back, Jonathan, for raping my daughter. I'm reading it the way she meant it. You to Beck, John's daughter, I guess that was her name, for Ross. For little John, his son, now play with little John's dick, John Price. Sick. That's what this notes. So what I'm gathering. She was trying to blame him for. She was trying to say she, she was trying to use that as like a, I did this because he he raped my daughter. and And his kids. Like, she was basically trying to call him a fucking pedophile. Doubtful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now that we know what horrible crime she had committed, I kept the whole her getting arrested and her court case simple. Catherine was sentenced to life in prison, and every paper that got sent through the system read, never to be released. That's what they do in Australia. Which was the first time that had happened to a woman in Australian history. That's why so she's so that's famous. That's why she's so famous. So she is the first woman to actually receive life in prison. The second she actually filed for an appeal, they just chucked it. They didn't even read it because of her horrific crimes. The fact that she wanted his kids to eat his dead body and whatever really sent it over the fucking edge. Right. All because he got a restraining order. No. It was all because he made her leave the house. Well, that's what I'm saying. It's all because she's a fucking nutbag. Yeah, Yeah, none of that should have fucking happened. She's insane. She is insane. She should have been in an insane asylum for a long long time. See, that's why I didn't include the court case, because they went through the mentally ill bullshit and all that. Claim insanity. Yeah, but she was perfectly capable of standing trial. I'm sorry, she might have been insane, but she was not. She knew right from wrong. Right. She knew right from wrong. Also, she tried to claim that she had blacked out and didn't remember it. All that bullshit. Like they all do. I mean, she would have been good friends with Ed Gein. Uh, I think Ed Gein's too good for her. They could have decorated together. I don't know. I think Ed Gein's too good for her. Dahmer? Dahmer, maybe. Yeah, her and Jeffrey Dahmer would probably get along. Yeah. I mean, she is trying to kill men. He killed men. He liked to eat men. She cooked a whole ass man, so here we are. Mm Mm-hmm. Sounds about right. Yeah, I mean, Ed both wanted like the butchering thing, They both wanted compliant men. Well, she could probably skin... I think she would have killed Edgeen. He was, like, too timid and weak for her. He had no backbone. Although he might have just done whatever she said. That's what I'm saying. They both couldn't read. Yeah. Can we... We're right. 
I, I, I really... Uh, do you remember that show, Celebrity Deathmatch? Yeah, you Can at. we get them to do serial killer specials where they pit different serial killers against each other? Uh, why can't we just do it? Because I don't know how to make claymation. <laughs> well, she wasn't a serial killer. She was... She, so she only killed the we one guy, serial, right? Yeah. Serial killer uh, dating game? <laughs> that would be weird. So... What I find to be the most interesting is she killed the only man she didn't have a child with. Well, maybe that's why. I think she just got to the point where she just snapped. She had threatened for yeah. so long. She just snapped. I mean, if you look at her picture, she looks like a Looney Tune. Yeah. All right. Well, if you enjoyed today's episode, let us know. Leave us five stars. Share it with your friends, your family, whoever. Um, don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss any of our future episodes. And uh, does anyone have any final thoughts? Nope. All right. Well, don't eat your husband. Yeah. Don't murder anybody. Stay trashy, but not that trashy. And be safe. See y'all next week. Bye. 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 Bye.